Normally I only ride on epic mounts, but let's talk. I'm Dadley. And, well, we're here. And first off, we want to start by saying that last week we talked about getting a roleplay wiki and the idea of all the servers using one wiki. And I checked out a lot of server wikis, and I posted on the roleplay forums, and I got a lot of response. And I found out that there's wowrp.com, but it's really kind of hard to use. I've played with it. So we are taking on the massive task of creating a roleplay wiki that would be across all servers, list guilds across all servers, events across all servers. Um, I'm going a lot off of the Earthen Ring wiki, earthenring.wikia.com, because I really like the way that's set up. But one of the big things is, is this is such a big task that anybody that wants to help out, write articles, that kind of stuff, can email us, let us know, and send us a sample article. Doesn't have to be anything lengthy, just something so we can see um, how you write, kind of thing. So, email us that at rptavern at gmail.com. Deadly, you have anything to add? Um, it sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> I can say that much. I know that dealing with the Earthen Ring wiki, it's fairly easy. Only my first page, I really didn't get it. So, of course, there's always people who are on and helping you out and teaching you how to do it and that sort of thing. So we're probably going to be going around and helping people out with that, too, when they want to make pages as well. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of work, which is why we want some people to help us write articles, help us put some more articles up there, help us keep track of guilds and just find errors on the web and just general help and support staff to help keep site up and running and to get it up and running and off the ground but of course we i'm working very very hard on getting that set up and as soon as the site is ready to be publicly opened i will give out the address but until then if you want to help again send us an email it would be wonderful to have some help because it's just a huge task yeah i would think that a little bit of at least a little bit of wiki background would be really useful <laughs> because you might know a little bit more than yeah. i do with it but I'm learning. But at least wikis are very, very simple, thankfully, so much. Um, but, and like I said, send us a sample article. It doesn't have to be anything lengthy because we don't want someone who's typing LOL in the middle of an article because this is a roleplay wiki, and you don't roleplay that way, and you don't write articles that way. So we want to see how you guys write before we give you the okay to come on and help us because we really, I don't want to have to check behind all my authors and check all their works because that would be way too much work for me. Yeah, I would say when you're writing it, you want to kind of think about it as if you're writing an article for a newspaper or a school project or an essay or that sort of a thing and how you use the proper grammar punctuation. We should have to remind you, but yeah. <laughs> yep. So just choose an email and we'll get to that. But that's all I've got on that subject, so let's keep moving. You want to talk about the next part, Dudley? All right. So we mentioned in our last show, I think, we mentioned how we have a lore guy now who knows a lot about lore. And so we're having him on the show today, like we promised. And do you want to introduce yourself and tell us about yourself, Warmonger? Hi, uh, my name is Warmonger, and I play mostly on Earth and Ring. Um, a little bit about myself, I've been role-playing since around 1995. And I began by role-playing Star Trek Sims uh, on chat uh, through AOL. Uh, I've gotten involved in several text-based MUDs. Uh, one of them was called Gemstone, and I played that for many years. Um, but I've played other MMORPGs, such as um, Dark Age of Camelot, Shadowbane, 
Star Wars Galaxies, The Matrix Online, Final Fantasy, uh, EverQuest 2, Set of Heroes. Um, and I've been involved with WoW since pretty much it came out of beta, so well over, uh, well over two years. You said 95? Yeah, since 1995 wow. I've pretty much been role-playing. Wow, I feel like young. You young. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was, what, six at the time? Yeah. I guess I was starting to role-play around when I was ten, though. So, I'm not far behind. Just a little bit. I started writing fanfics and that kind of thing when I was in fifth grade, however old that was. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't really good at the time because of my age and how I didn't, yeah. I go back and read it, and I'm kind of like, I want to kick myself for it, but I was young, so it's an excuse. Yep, been there, done that. Alright, so... Well, it all builds a foundation on your, on your role-playing. You have to start somewhere. That's true. Practice makes perfect. Yeah, you're always your worst critic, especially in my blogs, my writing. I'll go back, and I'll read something, and I hate it. But I get feedback on it, so... All depends what people want, normally. That's true. Well, it, it, as far as the uh, lore section goes, uh, I'm certainly open to suggestions. Uh, if anybody would like to email any, any questions or ideas for uh, lore that they would like to hear about, um, I'm certainly interested in hearing that. Um, and if uh, Lorm or Daily has any ideas, um, I'd certainly um, like to expand on those uh, subjects as well. All right. Well, we know what, who Deadly wants to hear about. Yes, we all know who I want to hear about. I don't think it was mentioned before because I think I mentioned that in the episode that we had problems with when I was on vacation where we got maybe 10 minutes of it. I think that was it. Yeah, I think it happened during that cast. Yeah, I mentioned that Kael'thas is very, very hot. And, yeah, he's the last guy in Tempest Keep and... That's pretty much what I said. I don't really remember. It was really funny at the time. Yes, you are absolutely, it was hilarious. She's absolutely in love with Kelflaw. Yeah, I kind of don't want to go kill him now. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I was just going to say, I don't think he's going to be your best friend uh, when, you, when you finally get to see him in Tempest Keep. Yeah, we still have to kill. Mm, yeah, I don't think so. I think it's Astromancer Solorian or something like that first because we've killed Alar and we've killed Void Reaver. Like he's on farm, so we're not too far from him. But I probably won't get to see him for a while, which is a big disappointment. Slash cry. Yeah, well, me neither. I've stopped reading. What about the only thing that I really know about Kael'thas? Good. Is um, when Illidan finally came back to uh, Outlands, um, he got involved with uh, Lady Bash and Kelfos, and they actually overthrew the Black Temple, and Illidan took the Black Temple as, as his own. So he was able to defeat Knight Theradon and, and um, get him out of the Black Temple, so he claimed it. How exactly? How did Kelfos like become the? main guy of Tempest Keep. Well, I'll hopefully find out some more about him for you. That I'll have to research and find out for me. Yeah, it's always something I've thought about. Nope. Like when I know we did, and maybe we didn't talk about, yeah, that didn't get released yet, but we also talked about Tempest Keep a little bit and how like that was the pretty much like a what was it called XR is like a hijacked part of Tempest Keep and like the broken or unbroken or something like that we're in charge of it at first I don't remember <laughs> <laughs> that's okay I never remember anything either <laughs> now if you want to get a hold of Warmonger and send us suggestions, Warmonger, would you like them to send the email through us? Yes, that would be fine. Okay, you guys all know our email, rptavern at gmail.com, and I have Warmonger's email, and I will be happy to forward it straight to him. And 
anything you guys want to hear about would be just, you know, great, because, yeah, I'm overall just really bad about asking lore questions, and any suggestions would help, because otherwise we're going to have to start coming up with random stuff again. Which is always fun, because I always find the most interesting stuff. I think lore is really important, especially for roleplaying, when you have a basis to build upon, uh, knowing a little bit about, you know, the race that you're planning on playing, or maybe a location you're planning on saying that your character is, is from, or maybe grew up in. Uh, knowing the history uh, will help you build a richer tapestry, as it were, so you can present your character as a more rounded person. Yeah, I've heard some pretty bizarre stuff when I think, like, I would sit there and if I don't really get, like, if I don't know the people that well or something, but they're role-playing, I'll sometimes just sit there and listen and get an idea of what they're talking about. And I've heard some bizarre things, like, it would be a blood elf who, like, he said he lived in the Exodar or something like that. And I just kind of sat there and I was like, yeah, that's not working out for you. But I didn't say anything about it, but... Knowing at least a little bit about your character background would really do you some good, in my opinion. And speaking of character background, do you know anything about Torrens? Because, you know, I just rolled a Torrin, and I'm just sitting here thinking as we're talking. You tell me how we should know background, and I preach it, and I just realized I know nothing about playing a Torrin. Well, uh, what I know about Torrens are they were nomadic uh, in nature. Um very similar to uh, the orcs, uh, how they used to be when they were uh, in Outlands before um, Jaden came and deceived them all. Um, the Torrens um, are, are earth-based magic. Um, they're very into their ancestors. Uh, so they always believe their ancestors are around and watching them, uh, either approving or disapproving of what they do. Um, one thing that I always thought was kind of strange was uh, Torrens are allowed to wear leather armor. Uh, isn't that kind of like uh, me walking around in a people suit? Yeah, just a little bit. That's a little off-putting. Yeah, now that you think of it. When I think of Torrens, okay. I think of like Pocahontas and the Indians now. That's true. I do think of that, but they definitely don't look like that. So it is definitely weird putting leather on a tauren. I know that they uh, they had trouble with the centaurs, who are their lifelong enemies, and apparently they were in a in a long war with the centaurs, and that's how originally uh, Thrall won them over. Um, the orcs befriended uh, the tauren and agreed to help them in their war against the centaur. So that's how they became a part of the horde. What about the Blood Elves? Now, I know about the Blood Elves. I don't know everything. And it does get a little confusing at times. The whole, like, how the Blood Elves became a part of the Horde and their purpose. Because, like, the undead, they're kind of just there for their own convenience, in a sense. Well, the, the Blood Elves have a, a very close kindred with the undead because of Lady Sylvanas. She was actually the, uh, um, I guess you'd call it the head ranger of Quelphalos, which was the, the Blood Elf city or area. And uh, when the undead came, um, the Lich King actually turned Sylvanas into a banshee. So she became undead herself. Uh, she was able to free herself from that control. And then in turn, she helped free several more undead. And that's how they became the undead society apart from just the regular scourge. So they, they do have a close connection uh, Blood Elf-wise. Uh, but the Blood Elves themselves are actually part of the Highborn, uh, which goes back to the original Night Elves. They were the ruling uh, noble, uh, nobility class of the, uh, the Night Elves. So that's, that's where the uh, Blood Elves come from. So is Lady Sylvanas, is she a Night Elf? Because she looks like one. She has, like, when you go up and talk to her in Undercity, because I play a Night Elf, she has the same kind of a like talk like greeting how she moves around and how her markings in her ears uh exactly she is she is a night elf uh, like i said she was uh, part of the nobility of the night elves so they were actually called the highborn and if you ever been to uh ashara um, the section that's north uh, of orgamar that used to be part of the night elf territory 
and that's where the nobility and the ruling class were. So you'll see a lot of highborn night elf ghosts and banshees and stuff walking around uh, because that was all part of that area. I think a while ago we were talking and he mentioned to me about how Lady Vosh had to do with the whole Ishara thing and how because of her there's Naga. Yeah, um, towards the end of the, the first uh, series of books called the, uh, the War of the Ancients, it's a trilogy, um, Lady Ashara was the queen of all the Night Elves. She was the highborn queen. And her one of her handmaidens was Lady Vosh. And towards the end uh, of the books, um, she's actually turned into one of the first Naga. Um, as the, uh, the world was broken and the Well of Attorney uh, kind of imploded in on itself and cracked the world. Um, before that happened, there was only one continent. So it was only after the cracking of the world that uh, Azeroth became split into the two continents that we know today. Now, why did Lady Vosh become a Naga? Like, what did she do that made her get changed into that? That was part of the Burning Legion. Um, um, she was turned into that uh, by the Burning Legion's magic. Um, without it, they would have died. Uh, Lady Ashara kind of made a magic bubble around her and uh, her handmaiden, and I think there was a couple other people that she was protecting them with her magic, but when the well imploded, there was no way to survive it. So um, the Burning Legion, uh, Sargeras, uh, granted them um, the form of the Naga, so they, they were changed. And didn't she have some kind of a relationship with Tyrande, who is like the night elf priestess chick. Yeah, during the course of the trilogy, you learn that um, because she was the, the handmaiden of uh, Lady Ashara, she kind of thought of herself as the favored one. And when Tyrande Whisperwind was captured, uh, she was held in the cell, and uh, she actually tried to trick Tyrande um, and ended up almost killing her. Um, but uh, Luckily, that didn't happen, and um, she kind of went scuttling off with her tail between the legs. Um, her, her plans were foiled. And he also mentioned to me that there was some kind of a love interest with Illidan, who's like, I guess he was a night elf too, or something, and some other guy between her. Yeah, actually, uh, Illidan um, is the brother of Malfurion Stormrage, who is the very first druid. And he was trained by the demigod Cenarians. And uh, Illidan competed with his brother for the affection of Tyrande Whisperwind, uh, who actually became the head priestess of Elune uh, after a time period. But how did Illidan become, like, half-demon, pretty much? Well, I think that's probably uh, best saved for maybe some future lore segments. I can give you a little taste of it, though. Um, the Burning Legion uh, tricked a few of her um, noble controlling class to open a portal using the Well of Eternity to allow them to come through. And Sargeras' ultimate goal was to step through the portal himself. And, of course, if that were to happen, he would completely obliterate the world. And that's that's really the only goal of the Burning Legion. And uh, during this, this war of the ancients, um, the Night Elves were, were trying to stop their own queen from allowing this to happen. Uh, the queen kind of sealed the, the palace off against every, everyone else. And uh, in the process of the war, Illidan thought there was no way that they could possibly win without some, some tricking. So he kind of um, left the Night Elves and went to Lady Ashara in the palace and acted like um, he worked to serve them. And he wanted to, uh, there was a magic disc that was created by the dragons, and it was called the Demon Soul. And he promised Sargeras to get that for him, which would allow Sargeras to open a portal enough to come through himself. And Sargeras kind of looked into Illidan and um, said, okay, if you're going to serve me, I'm going to give you some gifts. And one of the gifts he did was to burn out Illidan's eyes, uh, which were gold. Um, all the other night elves had silver eyes, and his was gold, which always was foretold of a, of a powerful future. And um, 
Sargeras burned those eyes from his face and replaced them with green glowing uh, magical um, eyes that kind of had fire. Uh, he also tattooed his body, which were uh, magical tattoos. And uh, Illidan later on, in some other stories, ended up consuming um, a skull, uh, which was Goldan's skull, who was one of the um, uh, shaman of the orcs who helped deceive the orcs. And in the process of, of several other stories, he became demon-like and uh, grew horns and wings and more closer closer to uh, Sargeras and the Burning Legion. So before the orcs like came into Azeroth, they were originally in Outlands. Yes, um, they uh, they were indigenous to Outlands. Is that kind of what you see when like if you've done you've done Black Morass before, but after you like finish the whole instance, you see Medith. I think his name is, and he's sitting there kind of talking about it, and then you see this army of orcs climb through the dark portal, and... Well, the the orcs could not uh, leave their own world, and uh, because of what uh, Kill Jaden had done to deceive them, and, and some other things, which we can certainly go into, uh, I think, later lore, but um, Medivh was possessed by Sargeras at a point, and he came to Golan and said, I want you to build a portal on your side, which is the Stairs of Destiny that we know of, uh, if you've ever been down land. And then uh, Medivh opened a portal in the Black Morass and allowed the orcs to come through. I see. So also the instances that are in Outlands, like if you haven't really thought about it before, that they all have some kind of a significance to the lore? Like, if you pay attention, like I mentioned how Black Morass has some parts, then there's, of course, like the Serpent Shire, Shrine instances and that sort of thing. And also that there's a lot of quest chains in Outlands that, because I don't read them because I'm always in a hurry, but are there any quest chains that you found were really entertaining? Um, if you've never done it, at least I can speak from the Horde perspective. I don't... Uh have any uh, characters old enough on the Lion's side yet to go down lands, but um, if you can ever go to Nagrand uh, and do all the quests there, um, that was probably one of the best quest chains, lore-wise, that I've ever seen in any game ever. Uh, it was very, very interesting and very, very exciting. Um, at the end of the quest, uh, Thrall actually comes out to Outlands and visits Nagrand, uh, gives everyone a buff, and has a really, really neat role-playing event. Uh, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, uh, but certainly if you ever get a chance to do that chain, it's it's well worthwhile. I would recommend it. Do you remember? Okay, I gotta get the horde up now. I gotta get my horde up character. Well, right now, Dudley is 25 kills away from hitting 56, so she should be in Outlands this weekend, and I'm really excited because I'll almost have two characters who have been in Outlands now. Well, that, that sounds really um, really exciting. Uh, I know that when you're around 58, you can certainly handle uh, moms in uh, Hellfire Citadel. Uh, and you'll find Thrallmar very interesting. Do you remember what the starting quest chain was called for anybody who wanted to go look at it? Or did you want to maybe get back to me on that? We can post it in the show notes. I don't remember the exact start of it, but it's it's pretty much you have to do all the quests in the Grand, um, in the actual um, Horde uh, village in the Grand. Uh, it doesn't require you to do uh, quests outside of that, but uh, it's a quest chain that really involves the chieftain. Uh, there's the chief orc there who is actually, it turns out to be Grom Hellscream's son, who is the chief of the orcs there now, and uh, he's very upset about what what has happened to the orcs and you're kind of redeeming uh, him, you're redeeming Grom Hellscream at the same time and you're reuniting um, Thrall with um, with family that he hasn't seen in a long, long time so it's very, very neat and it's only a horde side quest right? So Alliance can't do it yeah no, they, they wouldn't be able to do it but uh, uh, the horde uh, have one of the most rare role playing events to to experience there that I've ever seen, and like I said, in, in many other games that I've ever played, this 
this kind of ties uh, the lore, it ties up the orcs, it ties up uh, several loose ends, and it's, it's a very, very exciting uh, question. Now, do you know anything about Karazhan? I pretty much know that it's Big Castle, where there's a lot of pretty loot, <laughs> and other than that, I didn't really, like, I've always was interested in it, like, what exactly, like, why is there so much undead and everything like that in Karazhan, and then there's, like, Prince something I can't pronounce and all of that sort of thing. Well, uh, from what I know, Karazhan was, again, from one of the books that I've read, um, and, um, Kirzan was actually the home of uh, Medivh. Um, he chose it because the area has a magical focus. And apparently, because of the magics that he worked there, and also because for a time period, Sargeras uh, had possessed Medivh, um, it kind of fractured time in a way where once you're inside Kirzan, um, the book described ghosts and things from the past and different events would play out themselves. So I think they've taken that one step further, and when you experience Karazhan for yourself, you're able to experience some of what was mentioned in that book. I have a question for you. Um, sure. What about changes in lore? We all know that when the Burning Crusade out, Blizzard made some editing to their own lore. Do you know a whole lot about that? I don't know exact um, pieces that were changed, but I know it's an ongoing process. Um, simply because there's more than just one person writing the lore. Um, you know, two people may not be working on the same thing. So there, there are bound to be inconsistencies. There are bound to be things that they've put down to paper or put down in a previous game that they may want to change. Uh, for instance, when they did the Burning uh, Crusade expansion, you know, they, they had in mind, I believe, that they wanted the Blood Elves to be a part of the Horde. Well, they had to figure out how to do that, and then they also wanted to figure out, well, we need to give another race to the Alliance. And they had to fill, uh, figure out a way to blend in the Draenei with the Alliance in such a believable fashion. So the lore is a constant evolving process, I believe. I think that's understandable because, of course, if the Horde only had Blood Elves and the Alliance got nothing. Then they'd start complaining. Alliance would complain because they're whiners. No offense, you know, I play one. But I think that Blizzard can do that because it was their game. And they also have to fit in the lore with the game mechanics and that all that big stuff. So it's probably more than we understand, probably. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing. I know a lot of people through a lot of hissy fits and that kind of stuff, but I think it's great that they change it to add in and add more details to it in the end. I remember... I think it's a whole lot more difficult than what people would imagine, too. Um, to not only capture the imaginations of, you know, the, the 8 million plus people that subscribe to the World of Warcraft, but... Um, I think they're up to 9 million, actually. <laughs> well, uh... Not to mention all the people that read their books. I mean, they, they put out books all the time, too. So um, it, it's, it, I would imagine it would be a, a very difficult and daunting process, but they, they are making the best of it, and I think they've done an excellent uh, effort. I agree. I remember as an April Fool's joke, maybe two years ago, Blizzard decided that they were going to do something called permadeath, I think, or if you died, you were dead forever and you could never resurrect your character. And then they said that we have a new class that were the Wisps, was like, when you die as a Night Elf, then you can play that. Do you remember that? Oh, I remember yeah, that. That was That hilarious. scared me. Everybody was too afraid to even, like, go leave town because they thought if they died, then they'd be dead forever. It was pretty hilarious. Yeah, that was funny. I have a question, though. How old is Azeroth in general? Um, you know, offhand, I couldn't couldn't say. Um, I know that there's lore that goes back to the forming of the world. Um, there's sort of godlike creatures that uh, would actually go around and create worlds, and then there were lesser creatures called titans, and um, the titans were involved in making the worlds too, but they eventually rose against the creators and 
in the case of the Well of Eternity, some of the evil gods, as it were, were imprisoned within the Well of Eternity, which is the source of its power, really. Uh, one of the Titans happened to be um, somebody named Sargeras. You may have recognized that name. So he got tired of creating, and he wanted to destroy. But So as, as far as how old it is, um, millions of years old, probably. I think I remember looking somewhere that the Night Elves are 10,000 years old or something like that, maybe. Um, I think they're considerably older than that. Um, I think Illidan was imprisoned for about that long. Yeah, so then I think the Night Elves are maybe one of the first races. I'm not for sure. But they're pretty old. According to the lore on um, WoW's website, um, they believe, or they kind of allude to the, the point that when humanoids first came on uh, Azeroth, that maybe the trolls and the elves are related in some distant point in the past um, but they're not really definite on that they're not making a definite ruling uh, that's kind of why the trolls maybe look like elves in a certain fashion uh, but they went off in two different evolutionary paths as it were now i know that a couple episodes ago we were kind of mentioning the night elves and how there's like the tree Teldrassil and how Dinassus and all of that kind of went around. Can you kind of clarify that for us? And like I heard that night elves were immortal at one point and they gave up their immortality or something like that. Well, apparently during the war with the Burning Legion, um, most of the territory the night elves had, you know, if, if you want to look at Ashara, um, the breaking of the world destroyed most of their territory. Uh, so the Burning Legion really had a profound impact on the Night Elves. And uh, it's not in any of the books, but it's in the actual game itself. Uh, if you've ever listened to the intro to the Night Elves, it describes a little bit about um, Malfur and Stormrage and some more of the Druids decided um, that they were going to plant this tree. And uh, Malfurion told them that... Uh, Nature would never bless such a, um, a selfish act as planting this world tree. Uh, but the, uh, the druids did it anyway. And uh, the Burning Legion then came and, and attacked the tree. And I guess it involved uh, Arch, uh, Archimond, who was one of the um, actual Eridar. Um, he used to be a Draenei and was turned by the Burning Legion Sargeras into a demon. And he came and attacked the tree and they had to, to win that battle. And, I think that's part of the uh, Caverns of Time, too, where you actually have to go back and uh, you're involved in that quest to stop uh, Archimonde from destroying the, the World Tree Darnassus. So, are the Night Elves, like, I would think if you're role-playing a Night Elf, even, can they die? I know, I remember, like, reading before that... The Night Elves could now, they were afraid because they could suffer illnesses and eventually kind of wear off because of this well, tree? Um, because I do play a, a, a troll mage, um, I can tell you that Night Elves can die. I kill them all the time. <laughs> it's very fun. Uh, but uh, <laughs> if you're talking about lore-wise, then uh, yeah, they, they did give up their immorta immortality during the War with the Burning Legion. Uh, so they, they are now mortal. I see. So... Since you also role, do you role, uh, can't speak role play warmonger a lot recently, or I'm mostly a casual role player. Um, right now, warmonger is in a raiding guild, and um, it's really a, a, a combination PvP raiding guild. It's called Brawl, and uh, we um, regularly uh, raid Karazhan. Uh We've started Gruels. Hopefully, we'll we'll branch out from there. Uh, so I, I do casual roleplay. A lot of people in the guild don't roleplay, so I have to go outside of the guild to find roleplay events and, and people such as yourself uh, to roleplay with. Now, roleplaying a troll, how do you roleplay Warmonger? I know that when you do, because I know that a lot of people, they make trolls with this heavy Jamaican accent. I haven't seen a troll that hasn't before, but do you do that any differently? Yeah, actually, I don't uh, play Warmonger with any type of accent. Uh, I play him more of a, of a learned uh, elder. Uh, since he is a mage, I, I picture him as more of a, 
a scholarly, uh, book learned type of person. So he, he doesn't have a slang term uh, or an accent when he talks. Uh, I play him more from the role point of, of a mage rather than a troll. Uh, to me, the troll part is kind of just, you know, one of those things where you can't control your heritage, but you can control your destiny. So his destiny is to be, um, to gather as much knowledge as he can to make himself stronger. Yeah, that's a really good example of when you're meshing in your race in your class. Because I roleplay Natalie, and she's a blood elf. So blood elves, in my opinion, kind of have this natural thing in their mind that they're extremely pretty, which is true. But she doesn't really, I don't really play her as somebody who's overly conceited or anything. I'm more a player as somebody who thinks that she has this extremely high amount of intelligence. And she's always out looking for information. And... Technically, she thinks that anybody who's like lower than her in my when I'm thinking about that a lower level is that they're all very idiotic and she's so much smarter than everybody else, which is always really kind of entertaining because I try my best to use all these big words and make everything that she seems kind of say matter of factly where I can't believe you didn't know that because she's a mage, so they're supposed to have this high intellect sort of thing. Well, I think that's pretty good for um, a blood elf. Since they were descended from the highborn, they do feel uh, superior to other races, uh, even their their own race of night elves. I mean, certainly uh, they ruled the night elves, so uh, they would feel superior. And I think a mage blood elf would feel even doubly so um, because of the arcane magics that they seem to be able to wield. Um, you know, they say absolute power corrupts absolutely. And I think that's a prime example uh, in what has become uh, of the Blood Elves. Now, what is the deal with the whole Sunwell thing? I never did quite understand that. Well, like I said, the Well of Eternity was um, the major focal point of the War of the Ancients. Uh, it embodied uh, a few of the old evil gods, as it were. They were trapped within it. And... Um, Towards the end of that trilogy, you, you will actually see Illidan uh, commit an unpardonable sin in, in the sight of the Night Elves, where he actually took some vials, and he knew that the well was in jeopardy, but he wasn't willing to let the well go because that was really the source of the Night Elf magic, and he was a Night Elf sorcerer, so he didn't want to see that disappear. So he took some vials and dipped them in the well and kept uh, little vials with him. And after the well was destroyed and, um, you know, the, the world was cracked and everything, the Night Elves, uh, a group of them escaped. They went to Mount Hygel, and um, it was there that Illidan thought to recreate the Well of Eternity. By He found a nice pool of water there, and he started pouring the vials back into the, the pool of water, and it immediately started to turn into a Well of Eternity again, uh, another source of power. And Malfurion uh, became enraged, and that's when... Illidan was uh, brought to justice and imprisoned, as it were, because of what he did. Uh, he, the Well of Eternity was what almost destroyed the Night Elves, and here Illidan was trying to recreate another one. Well, apparently one of those vials, um, at some point, became the Sunwell, and the Blood Elves used that as their source of power. And uh, that was actually uh, a part of the Scourge campaign. And during that uh, war with the Scourge and the Burning Legion again, that Sunwell was destroyed as well. That actually reminds me of a quest chain that you would have to do to... It was before Blizzard took it out, the SSC and the TK attunement, is that I think after you hit 70 or something, you could pick up these quests from the big floating thingy in the middle, like in Chacha City, and I think that was a quest called the Vials of Eternity, where you would have to, mm -hmm. maybe that was for a Hydral um, attunement. That quest is still around, because uh, I believe Warmonger has it. Yeah. I, I haven't, haven't completed that yet. I have it too. I think you had to get something from Lady Vosh and Kael'thas. I think that was it. Maybe... Uh -huh. You had to run. I think they each have one of the one of the vials from the original Well of Eternity. Yeah, and I think you had to pick and that you up. You have to recover them. Uh, now, for the Alliance side, I know that the Horde has access to this as well. Um, but there's a series of books where you learn about the history of the Draenei, 
and how the orcs um, actually came to be enemies with the Draenei. Um, there were uh, seven crystals that the Draenei held as holy. They were called uh, Atamal crystals. And uh, I don't know the name of the quest chain because I'm not logged in at the moment, but uh, you can pick them up in Shadowmoon Valley, uh, where one of the quest chains actually, there's a guy inside of a dungeon that uh, you have to go down in the sewers to get to him. And he requests that you go in the Black Temple and retrieve, um, I think, one or two of the animal crystals. So those are the original crystals that helped the Draenei escape from the Burning Legion when uh, Kil'jaeden and Archimon were first turned to demons by Sargeras. Hey, well, I'm roughly quiet. I have anything to say? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm actually having a really good time listening. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say, other than what I'd really like to know is how you learned all this lore. Is it just through the game, or what? Well, uh, I've read the books that are available. Um, I, I actually played the, the very first Warcraft game, but I haven't played uh, Warcraft 2 or Warcraft 3. I do hope to, to get those soon and experience that uh, lore content, which I hope to be able to pass on to you and your listeners. Um, and then... Um, you know, just playing the game, I like to read the quests and uh, experience, experience the lore and the events that way as well. Uh, I really like seeing when it ties into the books and the things that I've read. Uh, it uh, makes the game more exciting for me. So I have to read the books, too. I haven't read the books, but I have played Warcraft 3. I've not played the expansion. Still got to buy it, even. But I have played Warcraft 3. So I do get some a little bit of lore there every time I go back and play it. But... Other than that, and I love WoWWiki. Other than that, I don't get up a lot of the lore, so I have to read some of those books. Well, I understand that uh, Warcraft has released Warcraft. Th um, sorry, Blizzard has released Warcraft Three as a as a war chest, where you get Warcraft Three and all the expansions for it, Frozen Throne and all that, in the one uh, one box container now. So I'm actually looking forward to getting that. Ooh, so this is really off topic, but I just hit level 56. Yay me. Okay. Yay! Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. So I can, like, queue up for Dire Maul, Scarlo, and Strat. So, yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations. It well, makes you not switching from Aldor to Scryer. Let me tell you, don't ever do that. It's no fun. I went Aldor to get some stuff, and I got it, so now I'm switching, because I'm a mage, and I need Scryer. How far in the Aldor are you? I'm only, um, like, halfway through Honor, thank goodness. That's a really good transition. From... Yeah, I'm so lucky that I didn't need anything from Revered or Exalted, or I'd be crying right about now. Yeah, that's a, that's a long reversal. Yeah, I had a friend yeah, who got fully exalted with Aldor, but because he's one of those people who has a lot of money, he pretty much just bought his reputation to Skyers Exalted, which cost a lot, but I would never do it. I like being Skyers because I like cursing into the pretty blood elf area. Yeah, Skyers have such a better area. They really do. What is it? Oh, go on. Go ahead. Nope, what is the whole deal with the whole Outdoor Skyers thing anyways? I know that I probably should know this because when you hit 60, I think, you get this quest where I think once you get in the chat trap, you talk to this Archmage guy who's in the middle, and you have to follow around this big floating, like, void. It's an elemental, yeah. I think. And I think... Yeah, he's like a peach-colored void walker. Yeah, and he gives you a tour... Do you know anything about the whole Outer Skyers and why they're against each other? Because I don't didn't pay attention. Well, um, basically the Aldor consisted of the, the priest class of the Draenei. And uh, uh, the Skyers were the Blood Elves. So um, when the Blood Elves came to that area, they were actively killing um, Draenei's and Draenei priests. Um, they destroyed some of the temples and such. Um, basically made their life uh, uh, pretty crappy. So um, there was a point where um, this Blood Elf army marched in to Shatrath, and they were expected to fight. But um, um, the head of that army came up and surrendered to uh, um, um, the ruling part of uh, Shatrath City and said, 
you know, I've, I've, I've had a vision. Um, they said that uh, you're the only way that we're going to survive as a race. Uh, so I pledge my support and my army to you. So instead of fighting, they, they became allies. But um, the Draenei priests weren't so quick to forgive them. Uh, they remembered, you know, not so long ago that they were, they were killing and uh, destroying their people. So that's why the, uh, the Aldor and the Scryers pretty much hate each other. But they have the same goals. They're there to serve uh, the Naru, who are in control of uh, Shadra City. Yeah, I remember a couple times making the mistake of walking into that outdoor area just to go see what it looked like when I was Skyers and the guards. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was fun. The guards would start, like, beating me, and then they'd banish me out of the city, and I would just kind of like, hmm, all righty then. I won't do that again. The worst for me was there's an elevator. I think it's the dumbest place for an elevator, but there is an elevator that will take you from outdoor to square. Well, I found the elevator, and I didn't realize where it went, and I'm just walking along. Little old me, not quite 70, not knowing what the heck I'm doing. I take the elevator down. The next thing I know, I'm being attacked, and I'm banished. And I'm wondering what the heck just happened. Yeah, that's pretty much it. They, um, if you're an opposing faction, they don't really, uh, they don't really care to have you in their area. At least so, they yeah. don't kill you. Now, the person that you talked to, who gave you that Voidwalker to follow around and learn about all this, uh, his name is Cadgar. You may recognize his name because one of the herbs uh, is called Cadgar's whisker, whiskers. Oh. Uh, it's used in uh, herbalism and alchemy. Cadgar uh, actually was an apprentice to Medivh. When Dalaran was still a, a viable capital city of the, uh, of the ruling class of the magicians and uh, Ar arcane magics, they actually had one person they sent to Medivh to become his uh, apprentice. And Cadgar was that person. I'm learning a lot. I never made that connection. So during your quest to get the key to Karazhan, you actually are involved with Cadgar, uh, and he tells you all about Medivh and uh, how you need to get Medivh's approval at the very end of it in order to get your key. So that what that's what requires you to go to the Black Morass and visit Medivh after you've defeated that, that instance. Talk to Medivh himself and get his approval to enter Karazhan. So that whole that's stupid, cool. long... Oh, I hated that, getting attuned for Karazhan. But so that all actually had a lore purpose to it. Don't think it really matters yeah. to me because I still hate it, but... <laughs> I think it's great that almost every quest in the game has to do with lore. There's only one that I can think of that does not have to do with lore, and that's because it was from the Make-A-Wish um, kid that Blizzard let come make a quest and that kind of stuff. I think that was a that was a great story, too. Yeah. Um, it's not technically part of the lore, but it's just got a really cool story, and that's just a really cool, easy starter quest. Yeah, absolutely. What quest was that? Um, it's out in the Torin, not the starter area, but like the second town, like your level 5 to 10. And it's called um, Kyle's... Blood Hoof Village? Yeah, Blood Hoof Village. Um, it's like Kyle's Runaway or something. Kyle's is the dog's name. And he's run away, and he needs to be fed. So you have to go and get the meat from one of the plane shutters, and it's got like almost 100% drop rate. And then you go find Kyle, the wolf, who is running around crazy and you have to feed him his lunch. That's cute. Yeah, I really do it envy is. that kid, though, because I wanted Blizzard to go totally make my character look all cool and pretty and have loads of gold, and I had to create a pretty weapon. I was really jealous, but he deserved it. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. He, he does deserve it, and I feel bad. I mean, it's okay to be like jealous like we are, um, you know, wishing that we could go jealous, but there are a lot of people that did not like that he got to go, and I think that's really sad because I think it's really awesome that Make-A-Wish made that happen and how fast they made it happen and how Blizzard was very happy to accept. Yeah, I think those people should uh, maybe would understand, but I think it was a great, uh, a great project, and uh, I, I hope he enjoyed his time at Blizzard and uh, his family was touched. Yeah, by I've... I'm sure, and I'm sure he was just as touched. And I mean, he was only 10, I believe. I think so. I'm pretty sure he was 10 or around that age. Because he was really young and I was surprised. Yeah, I think that was... Around. Yeah, I really... I'm sure you can still find the story on the Blizzard website if you, if you go to the uh, website. I think that getting able to hang out with the WoW guys for a day... 
that's really awesome. Because I don't know, I like just want to sit there and talk to them, complain about how priests are like, yeah, we need an AOE. And yeah. <laughs> I would forget all about it. I'd forget about all the complaints and just be like, can I do this? And can I do that? And can you make me this? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the Blizzard staff uh, doesn't get to hear enough complaints. They would uh, relish that. Yeah, see, I would just totally forget. I would go in there and think, I'm going to complain about this and that, and I'm so mad. And I, would just I would have a whole notebook. I would have, like, this big, long scroll of complaints that, like, pr Shadow Priests aren't overpowered, and we need some kind of an AoE, and just complain about all these quests and everything, and how all the armor looks the same, and not, yeah. I'd have fun. They would love me so much and invite me back, probably. <laughs> I would just love to see how GMs work and just to be a GM for an hour or something like that. You know, I think most of the GMs have now been, uh, I, I know they opened a, a GM place, uh, I think, in Austin, Texas. Yeah. I'm not sure. Really? Uh, but Last uh, I, I think it, I was hearing about that. The one in California. Well, they have the one in California, but I think they're they're trying to, to move it to Texas. Well, so they, they got to come they, have... they were hiring <laughs> new people for that. There's one in... Burbank or Richmond or something like that, I think, in California, which is like six hours away from me. And then they opened one in Texas because I remember yeah, that yeah. they were um, sending out a notice like they wanted people to come help out in that section. And there's like asking for 200 people and they got filled up really quickly. But like when those people would complain. Yeah, see, if they came anywhere near here. I would so totally apply. Yeah, I got bored one day because when I get bored, I just open up random tickets and start talking to GMs. And I asked one guy how he became a GM, and he actually sent me a link to this one site about like how if you wanted to apply to become a GM. And I have it saved somewhere, but it was really entertaining. Then I asked him how much money they make, and they wouldn't tell me. Then I asked him, like, did he like his job, and was his boss mean, and all this random stuff, and it was really fun. Then he had to go, but when I get bored, I talk to GMs. Yeah, the GMs are really nice most of the time. I've had a couple of issues with them, but mostly they're all really nice. I mean, they're people. We sometimes think of them as bots or something because, well, it's like calling technical support that you get the same generic answers, but they're really nice people if you talk to them as a person versus a GM. Yeah, most people forget that there's an actual person behind there. and You, you never call a GM to say, you know, something good. It's always because you're having a problem. Or you want to complain about something? Nobody ever, you know, hails a GM to say, you know, you're doing a great job. Carry on. You know, it's always uh, for some some complaint or some bad reason. So it's not an easy job, I would imagine, and uh, uh, I think they they do well with what they have to work. Yeah, with. I've had some problems before because I'm a chick, and yeah, I get stalkers. But I had a problem with one of that before, and the GMs really couldn't do anything about it, and I was really frustrated, but. Yeah, GMs, they help when they can, but they can't help with everything. And I don't like where the, instead of answering my question, they'll direct me to some link because they're like, haha, you're a noob and you don't know the answers. You have to go look it up yourself. But other than that, I love GMs. They're really fun to talk to when you're bored. And especially when you're bored on the forums when your realms are down and you go sit on, like, the GM forums, I think, like the bugs and fixes or something like that. People randomly... Customer yeah. service, that's a fun one. People love to just sit on there and talk with the GMs until people actually come with the problem. Yeah, but then on the realm that my main is on, Stormscale, my realm forums have this reputation for having like the most random forum trolls. And we've had GMs come here and kind of like just tell us that we need to post about actual things. And so my realms have, like, the reputation of being, like, this really random bad forums or something. It's really funny. We've had GMs come and, like, write down the rules, and just, it was funny. Oh, and I wanted to tell you guys, now that you remind me about a um, really nice little uh, GM ticket that I got to put in. And I've started a blog of just all the funny stuff that I find out about WoW and that kind of stuff. And I had a funny event the other day. I'm sitting in uh, Stormwind, and this guy starts party inviting me. And I'm getting really annoyed. And he won't leave me alone. And then he keeps opening trays with me. And 
than canceling them right away. So I, I said, okay, you know what? It's Stormwind. I'm gonna walk away. Well, he puts himself in follow, follows me all around Elwyn. I actually go get him killed, get him stuck off a of follow, and he keeps following me. So I take him into Goldshire to get him lost. So he starts following somebody else until he sees me, and he starts following me. It was the most hilarious thing. He would not leave me alone. I never had to report somebody for stalking, but he wouldn't answer me or anything. He just kept following me for hours. Well, you know, once you feed them, they keep coming back. No, here's what's the really funny part. I decide, okay, you know what? I'm going to open up. I've only got 76 gold on me, but I'm going to stick it in there. I open up trade. I put seven in there. He hits cancel and walks away. <laughs> I was going to give him free gold, man. Come on now. And he just cancels and finally walks away. It's like, I figured that's what he wanted. Was I have gold. a funny story. No, he just wanted the full of the level 70. I just thought about this. Actually, a couple days ago, we I went on Blackwater Raiders and I took friends. So what happened was that actually Warmonger was going to go run me and my friend Nikolai through Scalamance and the server was being stupid, so it wouldn't let us do anything. So I didn't want to log off. And I was sitting here on Skype talking to some of my friends. So we got bored, and I'm like, hey, let's all go on Blackwater Readers, and I'll go show my friend from Stormscale. I, his name is Dom. I said I'd go show him Goldshire and how entertaining it was. So he made a character, and he named it after what his character's name is. And so we just sat there, and we got bored, and we walked around Goldshire. And uh, the lovely ladies is an infamous ERP guild, and they broke up. So I saw this chick from this guild called the Pretty Ladies. So I asked her, yeah, oh, yep. but it gets worse. So first of all, my friend Dom got bored. He was messing around, and he was, like, just saying all this random stuff. So this guy messaged him and asked him the ERP. But the funny thing was is that he turned out to be some guy who actually played on our server, our main server. Because he said, hey, aren't you some guy on our server? And he said no, and that was funny. So... We met some guy who was trying to ERP with one of my friends. He was a guy, but didn't know it. And then we got bored. So my friend Dom actually got into the Pretty Ladies Guild. He just asked some random person. And then he invited me and my friend. So we're in that guild now, just for the heck of it. Oh, my. Are you really? That's hilarious. I thought I'm an officer. I can invite people. Yeah, I can invite really? people into the Pretty Ladies ERP <laughs> Guild. Oh, dude, I gotta go get it. It was there. hilarious. I was like, are you serious? He's like, dude, I am so in this guild now, and you guys are gonna come join me. And I was like, um, yeah. It was pretty funny. That's hilarious. Yeah, I had a blast for once on Blackwater Raiders, and then we stayed there for an hour or so. And then, because his character's name was Dream Slave, and so I made a character named Dream Slaver. And then my friend Coulter made a character named Dream Slave, and so we all just followed each other around in Goldshire with, like, similar names, and we were all chicks. It was really funny. Oh, man, I wish I could have seen that. I have that. a screenshot. I really do. Oh, you better put them up on the website or at least send them to yeah. my email. Maybe that's who uh, that guy started following. <laughs> yeah, maybe. He left uh, Lauren alone and started following a pretty lady. That was, yeah, that was kind of creepy. But I think the most funny part was that it was some guy who, like, I actually knew. And so I was like, hmm, okay then. It was really awkward. But Blackwater Raiders, when you really want to have fun, I'd recommend going there now and just go mess around with people. Because I saw role players, kind of, in Goldshire. Like, people were attempting it, but then there's other people who weren't. Yeah, Goldshire is a mixing pot, I think, pretty much on any server these days. I was going to say, there may be some people listening who, who are really not sure what you guys are talking about, but just to let you know, in Goldshire and Blackwater Raiders, uh, it's known for ERP, which is erotic roleplay. Yeah, I think um, we've discussed there was, it before. There was a guild who would actually charge people to go up in a room and have this erotic roleplay. Uh, they would charge them in-game gold. It's, it's very interesting if you've never seen it. Um, it's very funny. Um, and it's certainly not for the young kids out there. Yeah, I remember listening. I heard about that fur from the Elf and Dwarf, which we probably all have. And I learned a lot. <laughs> I, like, went to Blackwater Raiders when the lovely lady was still around. And I was, like, talking to some chick. And it was really entertaining. But I don't know. Everybody has their views on that. 
I was talking to some guy on my server who's like 14 or something, and I don't know. We had this discussion about it, and he asked me why doesn't I don't do that, and I just gave him my views on it. I'm like, it's really not appropriate, and all this sort of thing. Like, oh, I've done it once, and I'm like, and how old are you? And he told me, and I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't just I don't think that's appropriate, and I'm also thinking about it from my character's viewpoint. Is that you certainly wouldn't catch my character deadly doing that, so why should I even do that? Yeah, exactly. And besides, I have better things to do with my time than to do that. I'm, I'm out there grinding and leveling. And yeah, leveling. I'm way beyond that, and especially for the fact that you don't know the person behind the screen. And I think a lot of that plays into play with real life, is that would you randomly do something like that in real life? Would, and that's yeah, people. Thought. So be careful who you ask that yeah, question. Yeah, it of. all depends. I think that a lot of the times role play has to do with some of your own moral values to an extent. That's very true. Unless you purposely play somebody who is morally wrong. Yeah. And you're not that way in real life. Because some people are very good at role playing complete opposites of themselves, and some people cannot do it. Yeah, it all really depends, because it depends on how far you would go for roleplay, too, in my opinion. Yeah. Do we have any more, back to the lore thing for a second, because we really chilled off, do we have any more lore questions for Warmonger? Um, I think that's... It, for me, I think everything I wanted to ask got answered, so... Yeah, and we don't want to ask too much, because we still have to let him have segments for us every week, which he'll start doing. Yeah, i got to save some nuggets of everything yeah, for you. Yeah, we always want that. <laughs> and, of course, I've already... We've already heard the first segment for next week, and I'm very excited, and I can't wait to play it, so you guys will get to hear it, because we've already listened and gone through all this whole process of listening so getting well i hope together. to make the the lore segments a little bit interesting and uh, uh simply more than just me sitting here talking into a microphone so hopefully um, you'll be able to get uh, some enjoyment from it yep and of course everybody can contact us you can send us an email to rptavern at gmail.com you can hit us up on skype our username is rptavern and you can leave us a voicemail you can leave us a message on iTunes, give us a review, let us know what you think. Uh, our website, that's what I'm missing. <laughs> the most important part of information is what I'm missing. rptavern.blogspot.com, you can check it out there. You can. There are links to all the roleplay forums, our past episodes, resources. You can give us a donation. We're, you know, we always try to put that stuff towards the cast. So... I think that's it. Nope. I do plan on making some, not like major changes to the site, but I plan on adding more entertainment links. Like, I thought about making like a random screenshot link where we just like post random screenshots of us like role playing. Ironically, I was thinking that too, and I hadn't had a chance to mention it to you. So, you know, now we're announcing it on air and discussing it. I'm loving it. Yeah, because I, I get bored. Um, so, like, I'll be on Ayumi, and I've taken screenshots where I'd go fly really high in my mount, and I'd, like, jump out of the air, and I'd levitate. So it's, like, this really cool falling from the Outland Sky pictures, and I've taken some funny ones. So I think I might have to go ahead and do that, and maybe some funny, like, role-play screenshot moments as well. For people to look at and get to know us as the characters more. Of course, I have a whole folder of inspirational screenshots taken by other people that just um, have given me ideas for roleplay and that kind of stuff, so I'll have to start putting that up. And I'll also have to put a link up to my blog, which always has something funny, funny videos, tons of wow stuff, funny stories that I've heard and that kind of stuff. Screenshots, you name it, I put everything up there. Chocolate rain. Yes, Chocolate Rain is up there. And that song is stuck in my head and it's been in my head for three days now. If you haven't seen it, somebody also made a, uh, a parody of that with Darth Vader. So Darth Vader sings Chocolate Rain now. It's very, very funny. I think it's called Chad Vader sings Chocolate yep. Rain. Chad Vader. Check it out at the end of the scene. What's Chocolate Rain? Yep. Well, with that, oh my gosh, you have to go to my blog and go see Chocolate Rain. I can't believe you haven't seen it yet. Anybody who hasn't seen it, it's just crazy because it's had over 4 million hits on YouTube. 
last it's, I heard. I'll have to go watch it now. It's chocolate rain. What else? What else is there to say? Yep. So we'll link that up. That's Wow Addons podcast. Wow Addons slash Demis. So because um, I'm using my other podcast site hosting, of course, for my blog because it's nice and easy and a clear domain. But um, yeah, we'll link that in there. You guys, if you have, if you guys don't know what Chocolate Rain is, you definitely need to go check it out because it's just everybody should know what Chocolate Rain is. Yeah, so I feel like an outcast now. I'll have to go watch that right after we finish this. <laughs> okay. Well, with that, I'm, I'm Demis. And I'm Wormong. Thank you.